0: Welcome to 5.0, Five-Fold and Beyond with Matt and Amy. In the 5.0 podcast, we're going to peel back the layers of the Ephesians 4 model, revealing a thriving church, ministry, or organization. This will help leaders to identify, work together, and implement or raise up the believers who want to move in their calling. Watch. Those who are in your care and they become alive with a fresh passion as the anointings on their life are revealed, encouraged, and released.
1: We also offer seminars, conferences, and strategic advising to pastors and leaders. We'll sit down with you and help you to learn how to have a fivefold influenced church or organization. Um, also, how to identify and integrate people with fivefold giftings. Into your teams and into your organization. So connect with us at ihimtv.com. That's ihimtv.com.
0: So get ready to engage as these podcasts will open an understanding, remove confusion of the fivefold, and open your eyes and heart to what you and those around you carry.
1: In this podcast, We're going to look at evangelistic DNA. And that's the specific gifts or ministries that are found in the realm of the evangelistic. So I want to open up with Mark chapter 16, verse 20. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by the signs that followed. So we we really wanna look at this in the evangelistic realm. A lot of times as we speak, as we minister, as we flow here, God confirms the word that's being spoken with signs. So let's look at some of those specific things, some of the, the earmarks or um, we know that in this evangelistic realm, there's the evangelist to the office, the calling, um, but there are also ministers, ministries that flow in this realm.
0: There may be you. You might not be an evangelist with the mantle and the call and the grace of the fivefold as far as Ephesians 4, 11 states, but you have giftings that are evangelistic in nature. Um, we're going to talk about traits, identifiers, if you would, um, to say, hey, that's me. I do have... Dominant number of these. Remember, we're, we're not putting people in boxes. We're not saying this is all you specifically can do. What we're speaking about, we're trying to define everything and separate them a little bit so that we can find. You'll find you are blended. You will have dominant things, dominant gifts and anointings in your life. And that are probably what I mean by that is that they flow more easily and more often, but you will have partnering gifts and anointings that flow with you. You could be evangelistic and prophetic. Um, you have a blend. Um, so, but you might be, what's your dominant gift? And you might be sitting at church or somewhere and you might, might be wondering, well, I don't know what I have. That's because you can't identify what you carry and you push aside your desires and these dreams and feelings, uh, or inclinations that come to you about what you would like to do or what you do or when you do do them they really charge you they feed your spiritual and emotional tank you get like on fire about it all and that's what we're trying to i to help in this episode is to identify some traits and to say yeah i got that one Oh yeah, that one. We don't want you to make up things because that doesn't help you. And so no, it leads to frustration. Remember, we have other, we have other, uh, we have apostolic prophetic and teacher yet to get at um, in these podcasts coming up. So maybe some of those things are lying dormant in you undiscovered yet. But today on this episode, we are going to discover these traits. So go ahead, Amy, you want to start us off with some gifts, Well, I I want to start us off. Or ministries that might um, flow in this.
1: I actually want to start with like core message. Okay. Because let me just talk about what that means. Core message is, it's like that, that word, that message that defines what we share, our outflow. And we see this consistent thread a lot of times in what we get passionate about sharing. And for example, you know, we all know Billy Graham mighty man of God, he was evangelist. And he had a core message of the gospel of salvation. Now, is that all he believed? No, no, no. he believed he a, lot a lot of other more. things. There was a lot of other stuff, but this was his core me- message. And it was so powerful because he developed it and he stuck with it and he was passionate about it. And so you'll find that a lot of people in this realm, they have a core message to, to proclaim Christ. And many, too, uh, from what we've observed, have a powerful testimony, too, that they incorporate in that core message that really brings the gospel of salvation to people in a powerful way. Mm -hmm. So definitely having that um, core message, that passion about sharing Christ, uh, that's, that's often very strong in this realm.
0: Yeah. Another thing that's similar to that is what we call exhortation. And um, those are those little fireside chats or um, some churches you can get up and you're, uh, we call testimony time or whatever it may be. And, or maybe you're allowed uh, four minutes uh, to do an exhortation like a mini sermon. That's what an exhortation is. And it seems to come to this place of fire and stirring others up to action. Um, So you might have the gift of exhortation. And that is an evangelistic in nature. Remember, evangelistic means to preach or to stir up. It means to proclaim the good news. So whatever vessel or definition that that might be found in det- determines its demonstration or what it looks like. And sometimes maybe uh, when you get to exhort men's meeting, women's meeting, business meeting, uh, like a f- uh, they used to have the old full gospel business meeting way back in the day. I don't know if any still go on, but might be a version of it somewhere. Um, but and you're the speaker, and uh, or a speaker, and you only have a short time. That's an exhortation, and it begins. What exhortations do is encourage and stir up the body of Christ. It stirs up others and builds faith.
1: And you may be thinking, well, I would not get up in front of a group of people and do this, but I'm still pretty passionate about sharing exhortation can come also one on one. You know, maybe you're really good with one person and you sit down face to face and you're able to just uh, exhort and encourage and stir them up. That's just as valid as is exhortation in front of a group of people. That's right. Yep. Also writing. You know, writing, perhaps you love to write it down. You write articles, or even writing a card ministry and writing letters that exhort and stir people up, that fan that flame within them. That's a powerful way to use exhortation mm-hmm. as well.
0: That is definitely found. That's a definite trait of evangelistic DNA. Um, evangelistic DNA. Uh, another thing is baptisms. Water baptized getting people identifying with Christ. We're not talking about getting baptized into a church or a movement or you're baptized into Christ. Um, that's where we're coming from. And um, when that happens, uh, man, you, you are passionate about people getting baptized. You like being there or doing them. Uh, you encourage people to get baptized. Um, that's an evangelistic DNA. It's part of that makeup that's there. It, it seems to be more dominant and prominent in your life.
1: And that can be such a beautiful experience, water baptism, Mm -hmm. when there's a true depth of understanding there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another trait is someone who's a faith builder. You know, you're always wanting to encourage people's faith, to stretch them, to challenge them, to believe for more, to believe for bigger results, to believe for uh, amazing change, both in the church, but also in our world. So this evangelistic trait of building faith can be really powerful
0: in Romans uh, ten fourteen and 15 it says how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed how will they believe in him who they have not heard and how will they hear without a preacher how will they preach unless they're sent just as it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things And so that's what we're defining here in these traits of the DNA in the evangelist or the evangelistic realm. And uh, probably one of the major common things most people think of evangelism is street ministry. It, that means parks et cetera everything street ministry people think of that and maybe uh uh I hear people all the time yeah well we need to get out of these four walls you know the real church is out beyond the real the four walls and they're talking it and that is really in a sense there's a drive in them uh to be evangelistic that's evangelistic sounding like that yes uh, immature evangelistic but nonetheless it's evangelistic that's saying there's a draw and hopefully they'll identify it. And I usually will say to someone, maybe that's probably the evangelistic DNA in you. And what plan do you have? Maybe what plan that you, can you put in place to, to, to reach people outside of the four walls of the church?
1: Because reaching people outside the walls can look very different. So, you know, you have those who have the drive. And that's, you know, that's the beauty of any ministry or any of these realms, is there's such a variety to accommodate from different gift mixes and different passions that God's put in us and the way He's just designed us so individually. And so you've got those who want to get out on the streets and minister to total strangers, but you've got others who just love to talk about God with their neighbors and to show the love of God to those that they. Know, and that they're in a relationship with as right. well mm-hmm. and and then you have the large rallies you know, the, the big evangelistic rallies, these can be very powerful. Back, you know, a few decades ago, the tent meetings were very common with this, but we still see big conferences and rallies that are evangelistic in nature. And those take more than just the the evangelist who's bringing the gospel. It takes a, a crowd of workers, All the of people team. Yep. Yeah, who are passionate for evangelism and who flow in these realms, even to pray with people. And lead them to the Lord to explain things and you know, those who have a heart to do that and to be a part of those things is very evangelistic.
0: And of course, when we think of those and sometimes we'll think of healings and miracles, um, that's uh, that is evangelistic DNA. Um, it also shows up in some others. But right now we're talking about evangelist or evangelism or that realm. And uh, healings and miracles are often seen because of the faith that has been boosted or faith that has been charged to such a place that God can do anything. And so all of a sudden now the Holy Spirit's free to move in signs and miracles and in healing of the bodies and minds and emotions of people. So you see that. And that's the other, the other DNA that I kind of coupled together is the strong faith. We talked about that. That's what results in that faith to believe God, you can do that. And, And then God moves and they just start getting all freaking out and Praising and God, God uses and, whew, these things. Atmosphere.
1: He uses healing. He uses uh-huh. miracles too. I believe to open doors. Yeah, for people like to When come he to begins to move, if if you're talking to your neighbor and and they're you know sharing an ache and pain, and you pray with them, and God heals them, man, they're open to hear more about this God that just did this for that's them. Right. Mm-hmm. And so these, that's why, like you said, Matt, they can you know be a part of. Other realms as well, but you see them very strongly in this realm because it's a powerful tool to Mm -hmm. demonstrate the gospel rather than just speak it.
0: Mm -hmm. For sure.
1: And we also see compassion as a a big part here. Um, People who have an evangelistic lean or draw need to have this type of compassion flowing, and you often see it in them. They're not ones who want to beat the people or shame them into the kingdom. But they want to love them love into the kingdom and,
0: and uh, yeah,
1: and just really bring clarity and bring them to a place where their life is not falling apart again, but where God can bring it back together.
0: Yep. And another DNA is missions, uh, involve reaching out beyond yourself, your own comfort, your own church, your own organization, um, into fields. There's all kinds of different missions. There's everything from, uh, doctors and nurses, missions, uh, health missions. There's water mission, food missions um, that can take place in other nations or within our own country, within our own cities, a country, doesn't matter. Um, You can see missions take on many forms, uh, schools, orphanages, all kinds of, there's investment of money and time, uh, the gospel being preached. You want people to, you're just impacting a whole village or even a nation, depends on the scope that you're operating on, um, that's evangelistic DNA.
1: Yeah, and you know the unique thing about missions is really missions is kind of a neutral um, neutral field, it depends on what you're flowing with as to what's released in that mission. So you can have apostolic missions too, or prophetic missions where you go into nations and flow differently. Like if if you're apostolic, you may go into a nation and bring pastors and leaders together and train them. Or if you're a teacher, you may go in and, and teach at schools or, or a Bible school. But a lot of missions work, the bulk we do see is um, evangelistic yeah. in nature. Yeah.
0: Thank you. I was just bringing some good points, and you brought it around. Yeah. Um. Some more uh, DNA. Some traits, identifier marks on somebody when you're around them, and you're listening to them talking. Is the uh, the community at large? Is it's never from their mind and their heart. They're they're always talking about their community. Want to do something in the community? Want to reach out? That's a very that's a very strong evangelistic DNA.
1: And it may not, you know, this is the the neat thing about community and a desire for that is it may not always look what we would consider spiritual in nature. In other words, you know, you're standing on the street corner preaching or passing out tracts.
0: Right. That's one form. I mean,
1: one time we, well, actually more than once, I think we did it a couple of times. We sent crews out and washed all of the, the front windows of the businesses in town. We didn't sit there and preach at them or pass them literature We just loved on them, showed them the love of God. They knew who we were. They knew we were the church in the community and that we just wanted to bless them. And we made that clear. And that really spoke loudly as well. So Mm -hmm. sometimes community outreach doesn't look, it looks more practical, let's put it that way. Um, I just wanna talk about one other thing here. Uh, Let's look, well, a couple other things, but I wanna touch this because sometimes we think, well, you know. I'm not evangelist or I'm not evangelistic in nature. So do I have to uh, lead people in the kingdom of God? Do I have to win souls? Or if I win souls, does that make me an evangelist? And this is what I want to look at because the Holy Spirit comes so that we can be witnesses. Yes. And being a witness doesn't mean you're evangelist because we all need to be witnesses Because God has done a work in us. And being a witness means we've observed or experienced something that we're going to tell other people about. We've witnessed it. Mm -hmm. And so being a witness is just something that every person in the kingdom of God can be. Let me read a verse on that. 1 Peter 3.15. It says, But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. So as a believer... We need to always be ready to testify of God's goodness, of the hope that we have, of who Christ is. That's not just an evangelistic thing. That's a believer thing, because we're called to reproduce what we are, right? Yes. God created the earth, and he told everything to be fruitful and multiply. So as a believer, it's my responsibility to be fruitful and multiply. But what we're getting at with the evangelistic realm is that this is... uh, up their daily passion and drive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So they, in general, should be seeing more people coming to the kingdom of God because of that drive.
0: Right. But, yeah. That's their that's their field. That's their calling to to move into that. And so, so at the end of the day, uh, you know what? We need the Holy Ghost to activate and flow through us. That's what people need. It's not by preaching, as Paul said when he went to to. Mars Hill. He said, not Mars Hill, Maine, but he went to Mars Hill and he said he was talking to them and he was eloquent in his speech, but no power. And, uh, the power comes uh, from the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is what gives you discernment when you're out among the crowds and the people, the ability to listen to God and to people, to the compassion that we talked about. And, um, you're covered from demonic attack when you are out there, when you start getting into the, those fields, you begin to find that out. You begin. He gives you power to cast out devils and heal the sick. The Holy Spirit directs you to be in the right place at the right time. How many of you people that have evangelism uh, in your blood and you can identify with all those type of things that I, I just went through right now? huh? I bet you. And one of the major things is being in the right place at the right time.
1: I love that. I've seen some churches who have amazing, almost like I would almost call them prophetic evangelistic teams because it's like they are so tuned into the Holy Spirit. They hear God in the moment and move at the moment uh, with quick obedience and man, they see amazing things happening. We've heard great stories, great testimonies of
0: that. So here's a little saying, and then we're going to pray for you and we're going to let you go. The power of God gives credence to the message. There's nothing like, yeah, don't talk to me, show me.
1: I love the verse in the Bible that says the kingdom of God is not only words, but is action. And or we want to be yeah. our demonstration. It's we want to be believers who walk in the power and demonstration. So let's just pray for you. I, I, I do. I pray for you, God. May you just touch these listeners, everyone who is in a in, uh, shot of my voice today. May you just empower them, ignite them. God, let them be demonstrators of your word. Let them be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit to be uh, set ablaze with anointing and power to see the kingdom of God move forward, whatever their part in it is. So Lord, just activate them, empower them, and let them see the fruit of your kingdom. We thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: And if you're experiencing resistance and you got discouraged and you stopped going out doing what God put on your life, we just speak a fire, a renewal upon you that you get recharged in your calling and you break off that, you shake yourself and it just breaks off and the joy of the Lord that's in your life comes back and you're able to move out and see the harvest come into the kingdom of God. Thank you for listening. And if you are uh, whatever uh, platform, podcast platform you are listening to, you please subscribe. And please feel free to share these episodes. Uh, we want more more people to hear this message that we're talking about all the time. We appreciate it. We'd love to hear from you. And so you can either email us or just go to our, our website at IHIMTV.com. That's i h i m t v victor like a tv.com and you you can connect with us there and and plus go to the charisma podcast networks and you will see all our other connection um information there be blessed